Welcome, friends. This is episode 174 of Tell Me Where to Turn. I am one of three. This show goes three wide frequently. We're not afraid to take it into the turn three wide. This isn't the Nashville street circuit, which we'll cover in detail later. But you can find me on Twitter at Tommy2 underscore zero. Well, if it was the, the Nashville street circuit, they would have already thrown at least one to two cautions by now. Jeez. Just insane. Uh, you can find me at Glenn 3 underscore 11. And you can find me on Twitter at Point Break underscore Dave. Gentlemen, it's been a little while, but not too long. It's, a good, it's the right amount. Good pace. Build anticipation. That's what we do. Twice a month pace. Very healthy. But yeah, I got a text from Glenn. I think it was last weekend. I, th- I was assuming it was last week. He said, are you aware that there are race cars racing on the streets of Nashville <laughs> right now? And I did, I did affirm, I did answer in the affirmative, yes. And that, that race featured the most caution flags of any IndyCar race ever, I believe. Over half the laps were conducted under caution. Wow. So, uh, yeah, but oddly enough, it got the highest TV ratings the IndyCar series has gotten on cable ever. So, I mean, obviously, Indy 500's on network, but for NBCSN, it got the best television rating they've ever had, which doesn't seem to compute because I was just pounding my dash watching the race when they would drop the green and then immediately drop the yellow, and it got to the point where... By like the eighth or ninth caution, you could tell the guy running the yellow flag was really trying to wait. And it's like, well, hold on, maybe he can get this thing out of the way. Maybe he can throw it in reverse and all these pieces of foam will just magically go back into the wall. And, but then they'd always have to throw the yellow eventually. Yeah, I think I made it about two to three laps. And I, was, I, I got to see the course. One, one run through, then go over the, the huge bridge. And I was like, okay, that's enough. That's enough IndyCar for me. Yeah, speaking of the bridge, there's a uh, amphitheater right at the base of the bridge. I feel like you and I might have even observed this when we were... No, actually, I don't, I don't know that we got that far when you guys were here. Okay. But that same bridge, at the base of the bridge, there's a concert venue... And last week, I visited a super spreader event at said venue and saw Nashville's own Kings of Leon, which there's one listener to this show that's probably really excited about that, if he still listens. They're from Nashville? He's also a... Well, they're, uh, they reside oh, okay. in Nashville. I thought they were from Oklahoma. They refer to this as their home. I believe they're from Oklahoma oh, originally. Well... I'd probably do the same if I was from Oklahoma originally. <laughs> oh yeah, Nashville. Definitely my home. Yeah, what a great show. I'll have to I'll have to uh send Mike a DM and we can discuss it because he's really I might have to have him on the podcast so we can go song by song. Was there any inappropriate nudity on stage or off? No, they they we, we wife and I both commented afterwards that their act is so mainstream clean now. I mean, there wasn't so much as a straight cuss word at this thing. It, it, this was this was completely. You on said the it was a good show. So they they played all covers. 
felt like I was walking into something there. So other than the way they normally divide the crowd <laughs> in that state, did they? <laughs> You're getting so many stories mixed up right now. This is unbelievable. But I think that was, uh, I think, the eighth or ninth time I've seen them. So Nice. I, I could be considered a super fan. No, it was great. I think once you get close to ten times with one band, that's pretty. That's a pretty significant mark, no matter what. So, what would yours be? What's the What's the high water mark for no, you? No, I think mine is ten. But but who? I think ten is Slipknot and nine is Metallica. <laughs> Goodness. I have to go back and and think. It's one or the other. I can't remember which one is 10 and which one is 9. Just couldn't think of a worse way to spend 19 evenings slash afternoons. <laughs> oh, man, that's hours and hours and who knows how much money. But you're Glenn 311. Does money mean really anything to you? Not particularly. <laughs> and especially if I happened to end up in Vegas recently, it was... Just thrown away at times, haphazardly. Did you did you do the Point Break Dave and walk in there and slap the $100 bill down on the check-in desk and be like, hey, if there's anything you can do? Works every time. Well, I did make a recent trip out there. The, the wife and I did. So it was, um, we got to use my in-laws' timeshare because they have about a billion timeshare points because everything carried over from last year. So they're basically like, pick any place that's on the list, go for a week, get the nicest room in the in the place, and don't worry about it. So we, we took them up on that offer and, and ended up choosing Vegas. I hadn't been there in forever. Is, is the timeshare near the vegas strip or is it in the it is greater las vegas area it's just off and it's um about a about a quarter of a mile third of a mile from planet hollywood so that's the part that it's right behind so i spent a fair amount of time gambling at planet hollywood I have no problem with Planet Hollywood. I like their I like their casino layout. I think the complaint about Planet Hollywood, which is maybe not valid if you're coming from the behind, uh, as it were, yes, is that it's difficult to access the casino from the street because of all the nonsense they've got going on out front there with the Miracle Mile. Yeah, and too many shops. Everything. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of things prohibiting you from getting into the casino. But yes, like I said, if you're taking the rear entrance, which I know you've been known to do <laughs> at times. So we, we were there for six days and kind of did off and on as far as gambling a lot. Um, one day we did and, you know, one day we just kind of walked up and down a bunch of, uh, saw a lot of the strip. I found where O'Shea's is now. Inside the link. Which is nice. Yes, inside, inside the link. It's just not very big. And it was during the day when we were down in that area. So they, they didn't even have any, there were no dealers at the tables or anything like that. Because it was like mid-afternoon. But I got to see it. I didn't gamble there. I found a different dive casino to gamble at. And I'll get to that story momentarily. Um, but yeah, I went to... Uh, 
went to a show, went to a Cirque du Soleil show. Which one? Which was uh, Mystere. Mystere's Treasure good. Island. That's the uh, original. It's the it OG. Was, it was really good. I enjoyed it. There was only one botch, but nobody like got hurt or anything. Because <laughs> um, I saw that show a few years ago, and Nia Jax wasn't in it when I saw it. <laughs> it wasn't severe, you know. It, it was more of a, they were doing some kind of a seesaw thing, and one of the guys just didn't really time his jump correctly, so they kind of had to just restart. But we, you know, we just went with it. Nobody booed or anything. Um, that, no, that was really good. Now, when it was over, my wife was like, hey, did you did you understand, like, what that was about or what story, what the story was that was being told? I was like, I have no freaking idea. Like, it was the erotic dream of a homosexual Frenchman. <laughs> She's like... She's like, well, I think it's like a French conceptual story. I'm like, these are these are words that I don't even register. Like that doesn't that doesn't do anything yeah. for me. I, I've known you long enough that when anybody men- mentions France, that's an immediate <laughs> tune out for you because this is America. For for the most part, as I shoved a handful of freedom fries <laughs> into my mouth, but no, that was good. Um, gambled a lot at Planet Hollywood. Gambled quite a bit. Have you ever heard of the Ellis Island Casino? I've definitely heard of it, but I don't have any idea where it is. I mean, it's like, I'm trying to think of what it's right behind. Because it's a little further down, so it's not right behind Planet Hollywood. It's just down whatever that road that runs right behind the strip. But anyway. Ah, yes, Koval. Bingo. Yes. So maybe it's behind the Flamingo. I think that's what it is. Either Flamingo or Bally's. It doesn't matter. Ellis Island. I wonder if that's what used to be Terribles, which was a fairly large property that was in that same vicinity. It might have been. I have to look that up. So but I have been to Terribles. I've not been to Ellis Island. So it got, um, we well, it got recommended to us just because it was close to where we were staying, but then we found out they had 24-7, $5 blackjack there. Well... Which we went, and then we ended up playing like $10, $15, $20 a hand because five just doesn't, five doesn't move the needle anymore, <laughs> I found. This is a, that's, that's like when you just have to up the dosage a little bit. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah, just the one chip each hand is not, we can't. It's not doing it for you. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing that. So we, we went there one night. This was the only time during the week that we gambled it wasn't all night long but it was at least three or so in the morning before we were out of there so we're playing blackjack for like i don't know it was like seven or eight hours straight i think and um that's when we met another dave and it's a man named connecticut dave who strolled up about an hour into our uh time at the table and the fun began Uh uh-oh so if if I were to describe describe Connecticut Dave, picture uh like a slightly fatter Ryan Newman. <laughs> Wait a minute. Fatter than Ryan Newman? Like a little bit, slightly. Okay. I was gonna say that's like I don't think he could I don't think this guy morbidly could morbidly obese. I don't think he could wheel a stock car or survive one of the 
a NASCAR curtain incident. But it was this good guy. He rolls up. He gets all $500 worth, all $25 chips. When you say rolls so this, up, are you... No. <laughs> Metaphor. <laughs> okay. So he's playing a little... Uh, little higher higher stakes and he's playing two hands and uh but he's just a real nice guy and i think he walked up and he was just kind of goofing off like hey if i blow through this money no big deal whatever i i don't know if i've ever seen someone have a run of just ridiculous luck <laughs> over the course of you know however many hours i mean he turned the 500 dollars. he he had at least three grand in front of him wow and that was, he's playing two hands, and at some point in time, another lady from another table came over to watch, and he just starts funding her hand. <laughs> he's just letting her play with his chips. And, like, wow. he's getting, you know, he's drawing blackjacks. He's drawing tens and elevens to double down on. He, he got ahead. He starts just splitting stuff that you shouldn't split. <laughs> and some of it was me <laughs> demanding that he split fives. <laughs> Like the stuff that they never split five. I know. What are you doing? I, well, I, I called him a coward. So he <laughs> he was like, all right, I'll split him. I swear. He splits fives. He draws a six and doubles down and wins. And then the dealer busts and he wins the other hand. <laughs> I mean, it was just like that uh, kind of a night kind of ex- experience. And we, we did fine. But I mean, this guy was just, was just killing it. So, but there was a, a couple of highlights. One, and it's just a Dave tradition, I guess. He had a very, a very do you have any chips back there moment. Because <laughs> he, he sits down for like a good hour or so. And I think he just wanted to play for a while and then go. But things are going really well. So now he's like, I'm going to be here for a while. So I'm going to start drinking. So we've had several drinks. But then all of a sudden the waitress is like not coming by. And then she comes by, but then he forgets to, to get her attention and there's like this huge gap in time. Meanwhile, he's winning money and he's betting, you know, a hundred bucks overall, like every single hand. And finally he gets like the pit boss's attention. He's like, excuse me, sir, by any chance, does this hotel and casino still serve alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> and I just about rolled out of my chair. I like that. And then uh the only other thing that was like super wheels off was there was another guy that came up and played for a while and he's talking to Connecticut Dave and he asks him where he's from. And this guy is, I think more local or he's from California or something. And Dave is like, yeah, I'm from Connecticut. And the guy asked him, well, how, how far of a ride is that from here? He's like, what do you mean? He was like, well, you know, like an Uber or something. <laughs> and Dave looked at him like, like, are you doing a bit? Is this a joke? Like, I don't think this guy that was sitting next to him knew what or where Connecticut was. Oh, no. Like, seriously. And this guy, I don't believe, was intoxicated. I think he was just not a geography major. Wow. So, uh, that, that was the blackjack tables treated us well, the three card poker table did not. That sounds about right. <laughs> And it went bad, and then it went a little worse. And then the very last day, I went all afternoon at Planet Hollywood and won almost all of it back. 
I was at a point where I had won all of it back, but I was like, I don't want to stop playing. <laughs> let's let's see if we can let's just keep this going. So I, I was like just kind of barely in the negative, let's say that. And then the last night, like this is it last night, we had more kind of an early morning flight, so um, you know, seven, eight o'clock rolls around, I'm like, you know, this is it. Get to the get to Planet Hollywood, throw down all the money I've got. About three hours later, I walked out of there with zero dollars in my pocket. <laughs> and that was... At least you left it all in the field. Did you leave your Did you leave your cleats there in the plane of Hollywood? I should have taken my shoes off and just <laughs> left them under the stool. So it's been a long time since you've been in Vegas, like over a decade, right? Yeah, 2010. Yeah, so just slightly over. What was your observations as far as how different did it seem having been gone for that long? Well, the last time I was there, there was a lot more stuff that was under construction, like as you just walked up and down the strip. And I think that was the development of like the Aria. And how long has the Cosmopolitan been there? It's the same, t- same roughly the same time as Aria. Okay. Probably about eight or nine years, something like that, I would guess. Okay, because I, I had, that was definitely not there the... Last time I Did was you there. go in there? Oh yeah. Yeah, if you want to see guys wearing the Euro shorts and uh <laughs> There's some good places to eat in there with for like yes. just lunch and stuff. Yeah. And then we, we went to the Aria and ate at the what's the steakhouse? John George. Like bingo. I was not overly impressed with that. You didn't like it? And of course, I mean, it was a it was a good high end steakhouse, but in the yeah in the world of Vegas steakhouses, it was not yeah I, it wasn't my favorite either. It was good, but it wasn't it wasn't something I'd be and, raving and about. Tommy and I went together, and we also had a very uh, poor waiter, which may have clouded our experience. Well, I mean, you yeah, didn't have we to had ask him how much he made. <laughs> <laughs> we had figured out doing some research from a great website called vegasbellhop.com that if you got there at a certain time, which was, you know, early in the dinner hour, there was a pre-fee menu uh, that you had to ask for. But basically you got a, a appetizer and a steak and a dessert for a fixed price. And as soon as we mentioned that, the waiter turned heel immediately. <laughs> just yeah. I don't think you yeah. show he, up there he, with the, uh, the He decided to just cut a promo on us immediately about asking for that interview because then, you know, the worst thing you can say at a, at a fancy steakhouse is, yeah, we're not going to need these wine glasses. And once, once that's said... Right. Yeah. Once that... Well, yeah, once that's said, the, the heel turn is complete. So I haven't been, uh, you know, I haven't been down at the steakhouse at the Wynn yet, but I, I, thought, Amazing. I thought this was... It was pretty solid. Did they did they come yeah. and take your picture? No. Oh. Should they have done that? When we were there, and of course it may be different due to COVID, but they uh, yeah. the like photographer with like a legit, you know, camera comes out and it's like, Hey, can I get a a picture of your table? And we're like, Yeah, it's okay. And they're like, No, no. We're like, all right. So they take our picture and then, you know, twenty minutes into the meal, they come out and they have like three pictures and like a book 
like a hardcover book and they're like here's what we've done and it's like okay and they're like it's 85 dollars and you're like 85 it was between 70 and 85 i yeah it it was exorbitant and then you're just like wow i don't i don't want it and they're like okay and then they just take the pictures that they've already printed out on like photo paper and just throw them away it's like so what did you go with did you go with the wagyu beef i did in fact that's a good choice well played I figured any, if I was any, that uh, high end, did you get one of the? I think that, I feel like they were real big on selling you on the sauces with the steak, you know. To I mean, they different. They just brought different stuff options. Out. Yeah, they they okay. had a selection. They just brought out with it. Did, it was good though. Would that set you back about three hundred? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's not a. Uh, you you gotta have uh, you gotta have some testicular fortitude to go into that place. So I don't want to derail the story, but did you go downtown at all? No, we did not. Thought about it, but then decided you not to. Did see the greatness of Circa? No, that was that was considered, um, but there was so much like literally on the strip that I hadn't seen. And she hadn't been there since like 2003, so we were entertained enough by that. Well, you're just gonna have to go back again. See, see the rest. Yeah, it's just the, yeah, it's just the cross I bear. So let me ask you this: How was, how was the mask police? Because I'm going in four days from today. Uh, if like while you're gambling yeah. and stuff. I mean, if you're not like actively drinking something. They're they're gonna remind you, hey, put your mask on. But they'll give you, you know, if you're having a casual drink and in the middle of a little brief combo, they're not like, uh, they're not like got a timer like, oh, you get three seconds. But if if you're done drinking or something and they deal a hand and you're kind of sitting there, like they're they're gonna tell you to mask up. It's not too bad. I didn't run into uh, any real you know, conflicts or confrontations other than the last night, some guy getting sideways cause they wouldn't let him wear his sunglasses at the three card poker table, which doesn't really make sense to me <laughs> either way. Like either side of that, I don't get, but otherwise everybody was, everybody was cool with everything. Nice. It was a fun trip. I'll go back sometime. Maybe I'm going to miss SummerSlam by two days. Yeah. So close. Speaking of, why don't why don't we just dive right into that? We got a big event coming up this weekend. I'm assuming Allegiant Stadium wasn't there the last time you were there. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. And that that was probably uh, the one thing that I didn't really think of. And she, I think she would have been in on it if they if they were doing tours of the stadium currently just to see if they had an omelet, oh an omelet station and <laughs> yeah. things of that nature. Carving station. Yeah. That's, that's probably the one thing that I do regret not doing. I'm, I'm sad that we weren't able to get our plans together. I think if we'd have had more lead time, this would have been a great event to be at. Cause one, it would have been an amazing venue that none of us have ever seen. It's Vegas. I would say no more there. And then I think the card is shaping up to be pretty exciting as well. 
We probably messed this up, you guys. We probably did. We probably did. Do we want to get into the card? Because I have a question, and I may have asked this question before. Well, let's go with your question first. Does anyone other than clearly Vince McMahon see current day Goldberg as a draw? I don't know the where was Monday Night Raw uh, this week? San Antonio or Houston? San Antonio. Somewhere? I think it was San Antonio. So unless it was some of the crowd noise that they're allegedly piping in. He seemed to get a pretty good response this week there. He did, but I, I also feel like it's kind of like, you know, it's just live crowds are just excited to be back. Yeah. But I mean, my thing, like, we all, and I, Glenn wasn't watching much back then, but I mean, the height of the, you know, 98, 99, 2000 was the height of my fandom, which was the Goldberg streak. Loved it. Was all about it. So I feel like I'm the perfect audience of nostalgia, be fired up that Goldberg's back, and I do not care. Like he's gonna go out there, he's probably gonna hurt Lashley, and I like I, I like the whole Lashley MVP bit. I don't want him to get dropped on his head because Goldberg can't jackhammer anyone. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. He's not the only one, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, like, some of the stuff, like, I'm excited about the card in general, but I'm like, man, I don't, like, nothing, I don't care about that match at all. Yeah. And like, Well, why don't we just kind of go through what's all on the, on the card? I wrote, I wrote it down here. So, there's like 10 matches. Yeah, this is, this is, uh... This is probably going to be a four-plus-hour show, I would guess. Yeah. So, speaking of, does anybody care about this? Alexa Bliss against Eva Marie? No. Is that any draw whatsoever? No, and like I feel like the draw of the whole Alexa Bliss gimmick was that at some point The Fiend was going to come back. And now that that's not possible, now I don't care about it at all. Right. Unless they're doing the ultimate bit of fakery with this whole thing. And he wasn't really released. And he tags with Owen Hart at WrestleMania. <laughs> so I don't really care who wins. I, I don't think anybody cares about that match whatsoever. No. Unless a, a very large man with dreadlocks suddenly rises up out of the ring and don't rule that out. <laughs> kind of odd. Heard it here first on kinda, this podcast. You think that's about a forty to one on Bovada? I I think that they uh, I think they're pulling a fast one with this whole release business. Another one that I kind of thought that I was looking forward to, but I'm not really sure is the McIntyre against Jinder Mahal. I don't know exactly what they're doing here. Well, they have a history probably from before yeah. you started watching. So there you know, there's a backstory there. And they're selling those plastic McIntyre swords like crazy in the WWE fan experience. <laughs> so I think we gotta keep this thing going for a little bit. But we're pretty sure McIntyre wins this. 
I would think so. I mean, unless <laughs> I would assume unless so. there's you know interference just to set up another match, right? Yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll win. I think he's kind of laying low, and they're keeping him out of the title picture for now. But I don't think he's going to lose. Maybe a disqualification. But what if he gets the sword um, and just stabs people? <laughs> just goes. That's how he turns heel. <laughs> Okay, um, Seamus and Damian Priest for the what uh, I forgot the what title US that title. is. Is that the USA US title? Another another match no one cares about. Yeah, seriously. But Seamus is going over. I think so. Is his nose still broken? Or are they just embracing the bit now? Did you just do a shot of fireball? A little bit. I had some here at the house. He's still wearing the mask. How do you think I? How do you think I get through every day? <laughs> so I, I don't know. Shame. You think Seamus will win this one? No, I think they. I think. Uh, I think Damian Priest gets gets a title run. No, I was just commenting on how it feels like they've let everybody. In WWE, pinned Damian Priest in the last three weeks. So, well, they've also the last three weeks have consisted of the same matches every single week. Yeah, they've got to get yeah. over that, man. This, this, uh, they've got they've got such a big roster. Surely they could add some variety in there. We don't need to keep seeing the same. Thing. Yeah, I think Damian Priest is walking out of there with the. With the win. Speaking of the roster and the big part of the roster, did you read like the COVID story about Keith Lee? Uh, that he had like heart inflammation complications to the point where they were like, "Hey, you can't, you can't wrestle, like you can't work out because you you would literally be risking like a major cardiac event." Oh my gosh! Well, no, he I didn't. Definitely hear that. looked like he hasn't been hitting the gym. Yeah, they're easing him back. Okay. Just just saying. This is like Glenn after COVID, you know? You just slowly get back into the routine. Um, we get another rematch from the Usos and the Mysterios. Oh, boy. Which, again, like there's a lot on this card, but, yeah, there's – yes, I, I may tune in like halfway through. I know. I'm running through the fluff right yeah. now. I'm excited about the other tag match, but we'll get there. So, I, I have no idea. I think the Usos will yeah, win. Yeah, I think the Usos but will But again, win. I'm not sure how much it matters either way. Well, I think it matters solely for the visual of them with Roman all having belts. Right. Uh, well, let's go to the other tag match, because we are interested yes. in this one. AJ Styles and Omos against <laughs> RK Bro. <laughs> I was I was really glad the way they brought Orton back the first Monday and then what they did this this Monday to reunite RK Bro. I thought it was all very well done. Yeah. I'm uh 
I'm here for the entertainment value of that one. Yeah, Riddle's reaction whenever Orton said that RK Bro was back, <laughs> like just the look of joy on his face is uh that's the that's the silly silly dumb fun that all of this is about right exactly. there. They're they're absolutely winning this. I'm just trying to figure out who's gonna RKO Omos because that's 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 definitely how it ends. <laughs> Could we get the rare double RKO? Maybe. But again, Orton, they gave him some time off, obviously, because he helped carry things through the Thunderdome. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was good. Like He comes back in the first promo. He's talking to AJ Styles, and I think he said, man, there's the only bigger jackass in the world might be this guy <laughs> right here and just pointed right at Omos. <laughs> What what do we think about the Randy Orton facial hair? <laughs> Seems very devil's bowl. <laughs> yeah, he looks like... Uh... You think he's going to be waving a checkered flag when he comes to the ring and then pointing <laughs> towards the start-finish line emphatically? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty spare. Yeah, I don't think it's a great look. But they're winning. They are winning. That's gonna. I, yes, I think that's they're gonna winning. Big. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go to a three-way: Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Nikki Ash. Who's winning that one? I'm, and I've picked this many times. I'm picking Charlotte. I think they want to get her title win count up there. I want. I think they want her to get to 16. Because that's what Flair's at. Yeah. I like that. And then she can leave and go to AEW with her dad and boyfriend. So that's what... Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. And whether... Would they put the, the belt on her and then have Becky come back? And so she could just drop it in a, a month or two, and then she, and then she moves on, or is she planning to move on, and the whole thing is she's just gotta go out there and get pinned by <laughs> Nikki Ash I, in front of sixty thousand people. I will say this: it, I mean, SummerSlam would be a great time for Charlotte celebrating with the belt, and then Becky Lynch's music hits. I think that's I think the Becky factor is what's gonna drive the result of this match. But I could also get my I could also get on board for Becky Rhea, but I don't Rhea, but I don't think I don't think that makes as much sense just because there's a built in yeah. past rivalry and you know, even with Charlotte, you know, firing out the bird during uh, you know the ma- the match that you guys were at when they were chanting "We want Becky." You would know, be it'd be amazing for her to win, have the belt, and then the music hit. I mean, the place would come unglued. You know, the only problem is that, that where do they have where what are they set building the match to? Because you know Survivor Series, like they can't just turn around and do it at Fastlane or something. I mean, right. that's a that's a WrestleMania match. I mean, unless they unless they can really drag it out, unless they but, drug it to I mean, the Rumble, drug it out for five months. But yeah, that's mm. the. Only, I mean, the only thing is timing wise. But no, I think 
I don't know. From a fan reaction, I just don't think there's I mean, any way that, that, that Rhea wins. Place would no. I, I think, think she's place just come unglued. She's just fodder. She's just somebody to to roll out there just to make it a triple threat. Tommy muted himself. Uh-oh. I know. I just can't believe I just did that. I was Off. I was making a great point, and then I muted myself. It's like it's like being at work. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was on mute. I, My bad. I'm gonna. I think Nikki Ash takes it one more time. Boy, no, mean. no. She was a transitional champion. It's a bit. It's a tired bit. It's never worked. Hey, look at there. I think. It's uh, a, it's a tired bit. It's never worked, and the crowd would come absolutely unglued when Becky's music hits. And that's Becky's true. not hitting the music for Nikki Ash. Like, that's well, no, 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 no. That's not happening. I'm just thinking of the 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 thought that Becky is going to return, but they want to save it for Survivor Series or the Rumble, a build to one of those. So we're not there yeah, yet. But so. they. There's a way they could bring her back, get the reaction, but then keep her and Charlotte apart till Mania. I mean, that's what they got to do. Right. Uh, but I, I, I think I don't think Nikki Ash wins can win this match because I think they've got to they've got to start building towards something bigger, and that involves Becky. What do you think about Edge versus Seth Rollins? I have loved the build for this. This is the first time since the Edge return. That I've thought, like, I'm actually into this. And Rollins is doing a fantastic job. And you guys know I've bagged on Rollins for much of his career. Oh, yeah. You're, you've never had a kind word. But I think this is some of his finest work. This is the right character for him. I just hope the match is fast-paced and good, but not 30 minutes. You know, I'd love to see him go 12 to 14 minutes high action, high intensity, and have a, you know, have a real, just a real four or five star quality match and not do some marathon job like Edge has been seemingly doing at every Mm -hmm. pay-per-view because I just don't know if I can fight through another one of those. So here's the question. Who wins this match? I think Edge has to win to be continued to be able to be taken seriously. Like from a storyline standpoint and all that, I don't. I don't think Rollins has to has to have this. I agree with that. Yeah, I think Rollins is at the point where he do, he. I mean, it's like a Bruce Pritchard line, but he doesn't have to win anymore. I mean, he's legitimized to the point where he doesn't have to win. But and I know we're not there yet. But at the, but I I want you to hold that thought when we talk about the Goldberg match because I feel like he's one more loss away from not even really moving the needle. And they say he's signed to do two or three more appearances. It's two, two more. Which yeah. I, I think, but go ahead. If he's getting, yeah, if he's getting, if he's getting pummeled by everybody, at what point does that lose its allure? Because the whole stigma of Goldberg was that he never loses. And now all we do is see him lose. Well, I'm trying to remember his Are last we, matches. It was against McIntyre at the rumble. That's right. Because he beat the and Fiend, we all... didn't he? Yeah. Well, that was back in Saudi Arabia. I think he's lost at okay. least twice since then. Well, he lost to Mania, to Strowman, and, yeah. then he lost to, and then he lost to Drew. We're not doing yeah. and he... Crown Jewel 2 in Afghanistan, are we? Cause, uh... <laughs> I... How are things going there? 
I don't know if they're actually going to have it, but I swear I looked up the pay-per-view schedule through the rest of the year, and there there's something. I don't know if it's in Saudi Arabia, but there is a foreign pay-per-view that was on the at least on the calendar, but it but it was still kind of to be determined status, I guess. So I'm sure. Just quick aside, I'm sure we've all watched it. I actually think I sent it to both of you. The like 30, 40 second clip of when the Taliban went to the gym in the palace. Yes. I conservatively have watched that 30 seconds 500 times. <laughs> I feel like the swole society needs to come out of hibernation to just break that video down just frame by frame. Just the entire episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. We, we may do that. So I think, I think Edge is going to win. I think he needs to, and I think there's a, you know, this is a huge pay-per-view, and then they'll have the draft, I assume, probably within the next month or so, and some of these guys are going to switch, and I think maybe Edge wins, and then he ends up on Raw instead of SmackDown, because he can't keep pursuing Roman. I think you gotta, you got to cut that. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. Agreed. Uh, so now we get to the, make sure I've touched on all of them here. We get to the big three. We got Bianca Belair against Sasha Banks for the SmackDown championship. Give me, give me Bianca in a great match. Yeah. I, I think Bianca as well. And man, like it's going to be so hard to top their, mania match which was so good but i mean i think i think they can at least you know be at that level again um i think it won't have quite the drama just because you know that was a big deal the main eventing mania but right i think it'll still be good i'm because i think that they're gonna set this up for a a third match i'm gonna go with sasha Ah, trilogy theory. And then we're going to have a trilogy at the whatever the next pay-per-view is. You've put some thought into this. I like it. All right. Now the big the big two. WWE Championship, Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. I, I mean, I we kind of touched on it. I think Goldberg wins. I kind of agree with Tommy. I don't like it because I think it's... I think him being on the card is stupid. And then I think him beating Lashley is stupid, but I think he will. I uh, couldn't agree more with Dave. I think to protect the investment they've made in Goldberg for the future appearances, they got to give him a meaningful win. I think it happens here. <laughs> as, my, as my trend has been to pick opposite you guys. <laughs> I think they're going to – I think Lashley's going to retain. They're going to find some way to trick this up because because they've been emphasizing the whole thing about Goldberg's son and all that. And I feel like there's going to be something weird like that Goldberg's kid is ringside and at some point in time MVP like just puts his hand on him or – you know, gets in his face or something like that, and 
And when you think Goldberg's going to win, he goes over and he gets the big moment by spearing MVP off of his cane. <laughs> but then that gives time for Lashley to to finish him off. So I'm I'm going to go Lashley, and I I would I don't of course you know we're recording before SmackDown happens this Friday because there's the whole thing with the money in the bank briefcase, which I believe last it was seen, it was stolen by Baron Corbin (laughs) from Big E. So I don't know what's going to happen there because my thought coming into this was they were going to do something where Goldberg loses, but he beats up Lashley enough that Big E can cash in, beat Lashley, and then go to Raw, and we reunite the the New Day. That's what I thought was going to happen. I like that booking. That's probably going to be better than what they actually do. <laughs> I'll say this, though. Perhaps. The thing, and in, in one of the reasons I really like that idea is if that doesn't happen, if we don't have a cash-in, like, if Lashley goes over, you know, what do they do with Goldberg? And then if Goldberg wins and has the title, it's like, all right, well... I mean, who challenges do do him? That? Do we just run Lashley back in there? It's like, what's the point, you know? Yeah. I think... So what if it went reverse of what you said, though? What if what if Goldberg spears Lashley, pins him, and then you get all kinds of outside interference on a Goldberg beatdown, and then Big E cashes in on him? That would be the way out of it. And then goes heel and joins the Hurt Business. See, I like that. Oh, wow. I like that, because I was going to say, you can't have... A baby face cash in on a beaten up baby face, but if it's a heel turn, right. I like that. Hey, I don't know. I just kind of came up with that on the fly, but it makes a little bit of sense. Well, I think this is going to. Well, let's go first. Let's go to the main event. John Cena against our almost Lord and Savior, the head of the table. <laughs> Roman Reigns. No, I think this is a this is the perfect chance. I mean, I hope hopefully it'll be a good match and the perfect chance to just legitimize Roman even more. Not that he needs to be, but just keep mowing people down for that WrestleMania match against The Rock. I'm telling I, you, I I agree. I think this is definitely one of those. You know, bring in Cena. Summer of Cena, he gets to do it, but then he also, you know, does the does the favor for Roman in the end. And I also, being SummerSlam in a huge stadium, I want both of these entrances to be awesome, and I think they will yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, there's always the chance that last second Vince makes the call. It says, Dad, young Val, we're putting it on Cena. <laughs> and it would be in there. There's no chance. But in the moment, no it would be shocking and it would be disappointing, but it would be a very you know, visceral reaction. But then it's the, well, what do you do now? And especially if maybe 30 minutes before that, you just put a belt on Goldberg. <laughs> if you put on Goldberg and Cena. I mean, Goldberg is so old that in the little promotional photos, they can't even use this photo. It's basically a cartoon of himself. Here's the thing. And I I mean, it would be shocking, but we're not looking the other way on four DUIs for Jimmy Uso. 
<laughs> just to let Cena beat Roman. That's that is a great That's very point. well said. Plus, well said. we know too much in this day and age. Like it's the summer of Cena, and I've seen that he's like his deal is to make like fifteen appearances. I think uh, you know Raw, SmackDown pay per views, and if they're doing any of the other you know house shows or smaller smaller stuff. So it is definitely not an extended extended run. So I think I think Roman wins and you know that's one of the things I Rollins doesn't have to win because there's a storyline that they can build down the road where he ends up against Roman. And maybe he kind of turns face again somehow. Um Finn Balor's in the mix at some point. They've already set that up. Uh, you've got those two, and I don't know what's going to happen with Goldberg. Maybe this is a whole Goldberg wins now and just kind of hangs on to it until Survivor Series, but you you were supposed to have Reigns and Goldberg at the pandemic WrestleMania, but Roman bowed out. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's an angle there. I don't know how they get there. I, th- I feel like Goldberg loses on Saturday, but he doesn't look ridiculous. And then they set up something where he beats somebody to be able to challenge Roman. And that's his retirement match. Whenever, probably the, towards the beginning, not mania, obviously, but towards the beginning of next year, that Goldberg gets one last, one last shot at it. And Roman retires him. Or Goldberg beats Lashley for the title. And then his next big appearance is, whatever crown jewel two and Monsor beats him clean in the middle. <laughs> and then, then Biggie cashes in. <laughs> Dead gum pal. Wow, I don't think that'd go over with the with the locals. <laughs> Biggie cashes in on the newly crowned Monsor. <laughs> you think like there would be trouble like when the WWE plane was trying to take (laughs) off from the airport if that happened that Veer and Shanky are going to be holding on to the wings (laughs) be like be sure to take us back home (laughs) so one one kind of criticism I've heard is uh, that this thing is on Saturday night like that seems great to me yeah. Oh, I'm. Yeah, no, that's like perfect. It. So I, I don't perfect. know. Perfect. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. All right. So well, I have the big announcement, but I think Dave. No, did you have my something? mine. We'll save it. Okay, we'll save that. All right. So we we have a big announcement. So first of all, Dave, how many episodes of F1 Drive to Survive have you watched? None. I watched oh. all I eat of Doctor Death though. <laughs> I'm like three well, hey, into I'm, that. That's pretty solid. Yeah, package because we're we've got two to go. This could be a this could be a good podcast topic. We so need to talk about package that. that. All right, I got to catch up. But yeah, Drive to Survive. Uh, everybody in the world, but Dave's on this show. You get a real opportunity to get a good feel for the teams, the team principals, the drivers. But the the, the question plaguing Glenn and myself is. Is it time to declare uh, a rooting alliance? And I feel like it is because I'm, I mean, I'm watching, they're on a break right now, but I'm watching every Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm watching everything. I'm watching 
qualifying, a little bit of free practice. I'm I'm in. Yeah, and I've been Glenn? tuned into the races yeah, for sure. I'm not doing uh, practice yet, but well, I'm, I'm I'm cruising through. You know, and okay. of course, I like to bet on it as well. And you can learn a lot from watching those free practices as far as who has pace. It's a fair enough. One term. Yes. Fair enough. Box, box, box. <laughs> so uh, I've been watching it for, you know, watch Drive to Survive. I've dabbled in Formula One in past years on a, on a Sunday morning, but just never really, there wasn't enough to, to pull me all the way in. But, um, you know, the last several months I have been watching the races and just for the mere spectacle and entertainment of it. But, yeah, it's time to commit. So I, I think I've made this decision several weeks or maybe a, a, you know, a month or two back, but I, I wanted to make sure that this is really the way that I felt before I committed. Right. You want to make sure it was real before you put the ring on it. And, and in very Formula One fashion, this is a, this is a short-term commitment. I am committing my, committing my fandom through the 2022 season. Okay. And then we will reevaluate, much like teams do with drivers and, and, sure. and vice versa. So, um, you know, just the thought process. Right off the bat, Team Haas is a no-go. Red Bull, my history is pretty well, you know, well stated there. Not a big Max Verstappen fan. Uh, you've got Sergio Perez, which, who I've termed his Mex for stopping. It's a, it's a little Mexico joke for you. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Um, Alfa Romeo, no. Williams, no. Uh, Al- Although, I'll stop you there. Okay. I, I'm a huge George Russell fan. I think he's pretty good. When he, when he moves into the Mercedes seat, I'm never going to be a Mercedes fan because that's like rooting for the Lakers. I got gotcha. you. Or the Cow- Cowboys, Patriots. Can't do it. But I am I am pulling for George Russell to out-qualify and out-point Lewis Hamilton 100% of the time. <laughs> okay. And I'm signing the screen. So Williams, no. Alpine, no. Uh, Alpha, Tari. Thought, ab- hey. thought about it. Hey. Hey. But Gasly... Oh, he's kind of got. He's got some weird eyes. Look at him in pictures. He does. he does. He's got a little. He's got a little whininess to him. So now we. He's also French, I believe. So. <laughs> so now we get to the four teams that were actually considered. Okay. These others were eliminated pretty quickly. Okay. But um, we ultimately eliminated Aston Martin. Um, the problem with Aston Martin is the driver lineup because I love the I love the color scheme I love the look of the car I actually think they've got a lot of opportunity but I hate Sebastian Vettel and I hate Lance Stroll so I can't cheer for him. Ultimately, I couldn't do it because of the Strolls. I, yeah. I think I wanted to, but I, I just no. It's a, I would love it. to have some of their merch. If somebody wanted to send me a Aston Martin hat or shirt, I would wear it. <laughs> So next on the uh, elimination table, I, I thought about doing this just to troll you and everybody else, but I can't be Team Mercedes. 
I can't do it. No, you can't do that. You can't. You can't, can't be new to the sport and then pick the team that wins every week. You can't do that. Yeah, I can't just be Goldberg <laughs> and just walk out and say I get a title match <laughs> and I win. I can't well, do that. Can I? Can I stop you here and say that you have not eliminated my team that I've decided on yet either? Okay. So, are we going to end up fully docked on this thing? We are down to two. And that is Team McLaren and Team Ferrari. and Which, in full transparency, was also the last two I was down to. So, I mean, we, we, are, we are in full, we've, our cycles are synced right now. Yeah, so we've got, you know, signs and, Le, is it Leclerc? Leclerc? Shaw Leclerc. Leclerc. Yeah. Leclerc. Leclerc. For, for Ferrari and Lando Norris and Daniel Riccardi. For, Danny Rick. For, uh... For McLaren. And this is tough because, you know, Danny Rick has kind of got a Dale Earnhardt connection there from a fan standpoint. Lando Norris is really good. Uh, you know, the, the drivers for Ferrari, are, you know, I'd say pretty solid, pretty strong. But I thought about, you know, what is, who am I? What is my brand? And what I'm really rooting for in other sports are, seem to be teams that once achieved a lot of greatness and have been talking uh, yes. about we need to be back or we are back. Yes. But we're not back yet. <laughs> it sounds a lot like college football suddenly. <laughs> and I feel that is drawing me to that wonderful red car and team Ferrari. Yes. We are we are now fully docked. We go ahead and just sign this contract. <laughs> And through putting on December, putting on the Ferrari hat, <laughs> the full uniform, through December thirty first, twenty twenty two, we are full Team Ferrari. Well, the rumor is they're going to come out of the break with a lot more power than anybody else because they have not used all of their engine upgrades yet. So. All right, I like to hear that as a as a I new feel like team member. You and I coming on board officially joining. And by the way, I've been on the Ferrari merch store. Things are happening. Okay, here. there will be merch is being ordered. I don't, I don't right. think you can do that. Uh-oh. I don't think you can walk around wearing a Ferrari shirt. <laughs> oh, 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 I definitely can. Oh yeah, would you would you like would you like to would you like to put some money on that? That little thing happening. It will happen. So so you're going to drive your Silverado to the store and then jump out wearing a Ferrari hat and a Ferrari t-shirt. All right. I've I've also explored the Ferrari sweatpants. They're pretty nice. They're kind of expensive. (laughs) I want you to send us a screenshot of a corporate Zoom call. (laughs) You've got your Ferrari shirt and or hat on. That's the challenge. But there there we go. That's Well, you know, and the other interesting thing about Ferrari that I'm obsessed with is so obviously, you know, they're the Dallas Cowboys of Formula 1 cuz that's where Michael Schumacher raced. That's right. Fallen on hard times. It's been a long time since they've been relevant. I mean, they're relevant, but been a real title contender. But do you recall during the Michael Schumacher era who their primary sponsor was? Uh, was it Winston? Marlboro. It was Marlboro. Marlboro, so, that's what it Marlboro was. Marlboro cigarettes. See, look at Dave. Thank you. I remember that. So as I'm doing my Ferrari research, so one of the things that I 
stumbled upon on the Ferrari website was their marketing partners page. And of course, you know, Shell Oil, Ray-Ban, you know, they've got some big companies. Well, there's the, if you, um, if you look at the, uh, I guess the, the top of the roll bar, I believe they call it the halo. There's a, a company called Mission Winnow. Have you, are you familiar with this? I'm, I'm not. I haven't noticed okay, that. Okay, so this is, this is amazing. So Mission Winnow is owned by the exact same company that owns Marlboro Cigarettes. But they basically created a company that doesn't sell cigarettes just so they could continue sponsoring racing. And the company has no discernible product that they sell. And their mission statement is to try to help remove the cancer, like carcinogens from cigarettes by like 2060 or something like that. <laughs> like they have some real mission oriented thing, but it's essentially a slush fund for Marlboro cigarettes to keep sponsoring race cars without doing it. And apparently in some European countries, they're banned from having that livery on the car because they've caught on to what they're doing. And they're like, yeah, that's not going to work. I had no idea. But I was thinking about getting one of those shirts just to be really <laughs> ironic. Hey, go for it. It's going to lead to a lot Kinda of explanations, genius. especially at your uh, church community of <laughs> events when you're not talking about Twitter. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'd like to share that story for the podcast. It's, it was that good. But for those of you in the in the know, and I'm sure most of our listeners are, there was a Twitter dust-up yesterday where there was a extremely uh, <laughs> shocking photo that was taken on a public transit train of what appeared to be the back of Ric Flair's head <laughs> engaged in the most shocking of acts with another woman. I, I still don't know for sure if it was or wasn't him. I think he kind of denied it but his denial wasn't really a denial it was well that picture is about as real as the other one floating around but that doesn't really say it's not me <laughs> you know i feel like if it was if i was in that position i would have done more of the christian yelich approach which was like hey this isn't me and i'm gonna sue everybody that says it is but anyway so that happened yesterday so uh wednesday night last night that's community group night for those of you not uh part of the faith-based community. It's, it's when you get together with like-minded people from the church and break bread. And we had a had the men's version of it last night, so the the uh, the men of the community group got together. We're seated at the table, and one of the guys says, hey, did you guys, you guys saw what all the big news on Twitter today, right? And I was like, man, this is great. Like, we're going to get into this right away. And, and I said, my response was, Oh, yeah, of course. But, you know, I don't know that that was really him. Uh, I think at the end of the day, he, he kind of came out and said that, that, that it wasn't him in the photo and just got three just absolute blank stares from the other guys at the dinner. And the guy was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I meant that they're not going to require us to get emissions tests on our cars anymore uh, in Tennessee. <laughs> Will, will next week, will you explain the Christian Yelich video to them? 